Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. So I, I am Pastor Mitch Toju. I'm from East Arkansas. I lived there for 38 years of my life, and now I live in Southeast Louisiana. And so I have a, um, I have a limited perspective. My worldview is is shaped by, by those two areas. And, and I'm not the smartest person in the room, but from my observation and from what I see, it seems to me that we're kind of living in the middle of chaos right now. It seems to me that what used to be abnormal is now normal. What used to be weird is now not weird. Like if it used to be wrong, it's now right. And what used to be right is now wrong. That just seems to be what the culture and, and our world is doing. And, and like there's so many people that are divided. Like you and I may disagree on something, but we're told now if we disagree with each other, we, we have to hate each other. Like we, we have to cancel each other out. And it's just there's so many things going on and it just the noise is so loud. The noise is so loud and there's so much anxiety and there's so much fear and there's so much worry and people don't know what's going to happen next and people don't know what to expect and and now suicide rates are up and identity crisis is up and the economy is wearing people's finances out and bankruptcies are going up and it just seems so confusing and so just uncertain. I do believe that in the midst of all that, there is a place that we can arrive where we know that even if we're guessing, God's not guessing. I, I, I want you to hear this from the very beginning, and this is the most important thing I'll say all day. God isn't uncertain about your future. God is not uncertain about your future. You may be uncertain. You may be playing the guessing game, but I just need to remind you that my Bible says that my life, my life, because I am part of the world, is in His hands. My Bible says that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro all across the world, looking out for and protecting those that love Him and that He loves. You may be uncertain, but God's not uncertain. We don't have to play the guessing game because there's a place that we can arrive, even in the midst of all of the craziness that's going on, that we can know for certain we're going to arrive at God's best for our lives. I believe that. Paul, he gave a challenge to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4. He said, don't waste your time arguing over godless ideas and wives' tales, but instead train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. So Paul told Timothy, and he's saying it to us today, there is a place in your life where you can be certain about what's going on today and what's going on in the future. But it does take a little bit of work on our part. What are we training for? 
Where are we going? I can accumulate all of the wealth. I can accumulate all of the educational knowledge. I can accumulate favor with people. I can have influence with people. But those are all things that are of physical training, worldly training. But I want to be more godlike in my life. I'm much more concerned with praying and fasting and reading God's word. I'm much more concerned with when, when talking to people about Jesus, not talking to people about politics. I, I want to get to that place in my life because when I do, there's some things there that are available. Inflation can't take away. The politicians can't take it away. It doesn't matter what happens in my world. There are some benefits that are forever benefits that comes from God. And if God gives it to you, God can't, uh, people can't take it away. Whatever door you open, I can close. Whatever door God's open, I can't put my hand on it. And that's where I want to live my life. I want to live my life in a place where I'm not worried about anything. I just know that my life is in God's hands. Aren't you glad today for that promise? Come on, somebody. Let's thank Jesus. Let's thank him for all of his goodness and what he does. Amen? So let me talk to you a couple, about a couple of things today that a couple of the, the, the I think there are nine, nine forces that, that form your future. I want to talk to you about a couple of them today. The first one is the force of personal values. Personal values are a set of guiding principles and beliefs that help us to divide what is good and what is bad. They come in all shapes and sizes. People... People prioritize them differently, but everybody has values. They're influencing you. They're guiding your day-to-day decisions. They're determining your behaviors. They're determining what relationship that you're in. Everyone has a unique set of values. My son, who's here today, he values chicken strips over broccoli. It's it's good. I, I value... Diet Coke over water and coffee. I value peanut M&M's over apples. My wife values reading books over watching movies. We all have values, and those are a little silly and, and fun, but we also all have values that are, that are serious. And there's a lot of values out here. Some of you, I'm, a big, I'm a big, I value my family. I want to be with my family. I want to hang out with them. I want to spend time with them. Unfortunately for my wife, I like to talk a lot, especially at bedtime. And, and, and it sometimes frustrates her, but I just like, I, I like to be with family. That's a thing for me. Uh, my wife has a big value of she wants to put God's word in my children's heart, and so they, they have to quote verses to her multiple times a week. If it's important to you, you'll make time for it. That's a value. You don't let your children leave the house without brushing their teeth. Because you value at least, well, in East Arkansas, we really didn't. Because honestly, when I was a kid, I don't think I brushed my teeth but once a week. And that's not even a lie. That's probably the truth. But, But we value things. What we value, we make time for. What we value, we don't compromise on. And I know values evolve over time, and as different phases of life hit, different values take on different meanings. Before I had kids, 
I didn't value kids that much. I like kids a little, but now I really value. But it's just the season, like when I was 25, I didn't value funding my retirement like I do now that I'm 46. I wish I would have, but I didn't. And now I value things. But the point is, is all of us have values. And the big question is, is my future more predictable? Is my future more secure? Or is it less secure because of my values? That's that's the big question for us. And I only know of one path towards a settled future. I only know of one path of settled security. And that's a relationship with God. And that's His Holy Spirit. I I don't know of any other way to to guarantee things. Romans chapter 8 tells us that all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. There's security in being a child of God. There's hope in being a child of God. There's blessings in being a child of God. So how do I have a certain predictable future? I've got to make sure that my values align with God and with the Spirit. So Paul talks about this force of values when he's talking to the church at Galatia. And in Galatians chapter 5, he says that the sinful nature wants to do evil. And that's just the opposite of what the Spirit wants to do. And the Spirit gives us desires that are just the opposite of what the sinful nature desires want to do. And then he says these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions, so you're not free to live your best life. So there's a big idea here in this verse. It's, it's one force, values, that's manifesting itself in two different ways. Let me, let me give you a better example. I'm a few weeks removed from having my left knee completely replaced. And a couple of weeks ago, I hyperextended it, had some issues. And how many of you, are any of you in here physical therapists? Okay, good. We don't have to have a special prayer meeting. Because I I went to my physical therapist and I began to explain what had happened. I'd been going and I told her how much pain I was in. And and there was a moment in time right then and there where there there was one force manifesting itself in two ways. Because I wanted to be taken care of. I wanted her to take it easy on me that day. I was hurting. I'd even gone back to my doctor to see if I'd done something bad, which I had not. And I'd messed up some scar tissue. And, but I just knew that on this Wednesday morning at 7 o'clock, this physical therapist was going to see it my way because I valued comfort. And I valued just sitting there and talking and maybe even feeling sorry for myself. She looked at me and she said, oh, so you're hurting real bad, are you? Y'all, this is the honest truth. This happened. This is not preacher talk. I'm not talking in evangelism right now. This really happened. She said, you're hurting. I said, I, I, you, you see, I can't even do a stationary bike right now. She said, perfect. Let's hurt you so bad you can't walk when you leave here today. One force, two different ways. Now, if I would have done it my way, I probably wouldn't be able to stand here today. But the next morning when I woke up, I was like, oh, wow, that that made a difference. It's almost like 
the physical therapist knew more than I knew. And that she knew what was best for me and my ailments and my knee hurting. And I just submitted to her values that day. And now I can walk better. And the pain's gone away. It's a lot like that in our life. We have the sinful flesh values. And they're always fighting with the spirit values. And a lot of times we just think we know what's best for our lives. And we just know what our ailments are and how we're going to fix them and how we're going to make them better. And, and the Spirit's over here saying, oh, you're going through that? Perfect. The trying of your patience or the, or the, the, the trials and troubles you're, you're going through, they work and they test and they strengthen your patience and they make your faith grow. You're, you're having trouble? Perfect. That just means that it gives me more opportunity to work in your life and show you how good I am and for you to experience the miracle. You're in the middle of the fire? Amazing. That means God's going to show up right in the middle of your fire. And a lot of times, the flesh values, we don't ever want to experience the miracle of going through things. We want to experience the comfort of going around things. But when God takes us through things, when God moves us through things, when the spirit value is the value that we allow our lives to be in line with, we're going to live the best version of ourselves that we've ever lived. I believe that. So how, how, how does it really form my future? Well, Paul goes on to talk about it. He says in Galatians five nineteen, he says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, of your flesh values, the results are very clear. There's Sexual immorality, all right, good. Impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery. I'm all like, that's good. I'm a man and Paul there. Quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition. Now he just goes to meddling with my life. Dissension and division and envy and drunkenness and wild parties and all the other sins like these. Like he just opens it up. If that's the way we allow our lives, and our values to be shaped and formed. Not just the big things, the things that like, oh, we don't have any, we're not going to murder anybody. We're not, we're not going to have an affair on our spouse. We're not going to be involved in cr- jealousy, quick to anger, dividing people, bickering and quarreling. When we allow our lives to align with those values, Paul says in Verse 21 of chapter 5, let me tell you again, he's already told this to some of the other New Testament churches, as I have before, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's a force that affects and determines and influences and shapes and forms your future. But then he goes on to talk about the spirit values. If you align your life with the Spirit values, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives or these kind of values in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against any of those. It's a choice. How do I allow my personal values to be aligned? Flesh values, selfish ambition, I'm going to do it my way, I know what's best for my life. I know the plan I need to take. Or spirit values. I'm just going to let God 
have his way in my life. I'm going to let God produce good things in my life. I'm going to be patient, and I'm going to let God take me through things. So how, how, how do we know? How do we know what values we're aligned with? Well, this is a big thing, I believe, and may, maybe you want to write it down or just remember it in your mind, but values aligned with the Holy Spirit will never tell me to do something that gratifies the flesh. Values aligned with the Holy Spirit will never tell me to do something that gratifies the flesh. So a couple of values that I think are really important. There's a lot, but integrity over deceit. Like I think that's a big value. I think it's important. Proverbs 10.9 says that people with integrity walk safely. That's our future. We know we'll be safe, but if we follow crooked paths, we'll be exposed. Personal values, they, they have an impact that determine your future. One of the biggest things for me, I heard, I heard somebody preach it a long time ago, and, and I, I sometimes, I mean, sometimes I, I don't live up to the personal value in my life that I need to live up to. I'm, I'm human. I'm not perfect. This isn't like we're going to be perfect, but it's something that we're striving towards. It's something that every day we're waking up and we're going to do the best we can. I don't really care if I have integrity before any of you. What I do care about is that I have integrity before God, and I have integrity for those two individuals right there and my daughter Maggie. Because they know me. Like you see the pastor and the finance guy that's taking care of you. They see me. And I want them to know I have integrity. I want my children to know that being honest and, and not lying and not cheating and not taking the short paths, it's not the way to go. So I don't just live it in front of my pastor. I don't just live it in front of my friends. It's a value that I want to instill in my home. Honor over dishonor. Romans 12.10 says, Love each other with genuineness and take delight in honoring each other. You will never go wrong when you show honor. You will never go wrong when you show honor to each other. We're not always going to get along. We're not always going to agree. And you know what? I, I think that it's okay to have good, healthy debate and discussion. But never dishonor someone. Don't slander them. Don't start things about them. Don't start rumors about them. Don't gossip about them. That's just not healthy. Honor is a massive thing. Generosity over selfishness. Proverbs 11 says that the generous will prosper. But those who refresh others, and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. The next verse says something like, those who want to be rich, they give things away. Those who want to live in poverty, they try to keep things for themselves. Just some values that we, we live like, we represent Jesus. So when we go out to, one of the things that, that's a big deal for me is we go out to restaurants, I over tip because it's hard to get people to work these days, right? And I enjoy going out to eat. Obviously, I enjoy going out to eat. I don't want to dishonor people by not being generous to them, and I don't want to be a bad representation of, 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 of the body of Christ by being a, a bad, ungenerous person. Like, I, I want to be generous to people. I don't want to, 
I don't want to try to keep it all for myself. Be generous. Be generous with not just your money, but with your time. Time, talent, treasure. That's where we've got to be generous. Values that if we put in our lives, and there's a lot more, we don't have a lot of time. Those are just three I highlighted. And then I give you the fruit of the Spirit, which I believe are, are spirit values that we can all try to align ourselves with. And with we, when we do, our future is more predictable in God. It's more secure. We see what happens when our values are aligned with the Holy Spirit. We have a better sense of purpose, which is God's purpose. We have a better sense of understanding ourselves and how God views us. And we'll make decisions that lead us towards God and towards God's assignment for our life. You know why so many people are frustrated going to church? They never align themselves with the Holy Spirit and find the assignment that God has given them. They're always trying to do what they think, and God has uniquely equipped you. From the day you were born, God gave you an assignment. I want my values to be aligned with God and His Spirit so my future is more certain. And then the the next force, I think they're really closely aligned because personal values will help determine what our habits are. Habits. Habits are just the process by which our behaviors become automatic. It's just what we do without even thinking. Like, this is a bad habit of mine. Like, I love to chew straws, y'all. And right now, my wife is cringing. Because I'll be driving down the road, and I'll, I love to stop at Love's Travel Stop, and I'll get that big 44-ounce Diet Coke. But you know what the second best thing is about that? It's that gigantic straw that's about that tall. And I'll just, I go to chomping and slurping, and, and she side-eyes and looks at me. I know it's a bad habit, but it's a habit I like to do. I have a bad habit of, I got a double chin. I think it's only double. It might be triple by today. I'm not sure. And for some reason, I think doing this in public is going to make my double chin go away. And I just walk around like we'll be in a nice restaurant and I'll go, and Heather's like, babe, stop. I don't even realize I'm doing it. It's just a habit. I mean, I've got some bad habits. It's just not, but they're my habits. It's just, I don't even think about them. Funny habits, silly habits. But here's the thing. Habits form without intending to acquire them. Like, I didn't set out to do that all the time, y'all. I mean, I don't want to just chew straws all the time. I bite my nails all the time. Like, my wife can't stand that. Like, it's, I know it's gross. It is. It's just a habit. I, don't, I, I, I try to be better but I struggle because of habits. So, but, but how does the force of habits form my future? Like, not, not just chewing straws, but like real serious things. Well, we become the sum total of our habits. They shape our daily routine. They determine how we manage our time. They dictate our self-control. Habits impact our physical health and our mental health. A great deal. And I would argue that both physical and mental health are spiritual. We're the temple of the Spirit. We've got to take care of it. So habits are a big deal. Paul said this, and he said this in, uh, to the church at Corinth. He said, don't you realize that 
In a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. He said, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. And he said, so I run with purpose in every step. Every step. That's habit formation. Every step, I'm going to run with a purpose. So I'm going to develop habits that are purpose-driven towards an eternal prize. I want to develop habits that are purpose-driven to secure my future. I don't want to be uncertain. So I want to live in a manner that I can develop good habits today that are going to pay off forever in not just my future, but in my eternity. I, I don't know how you, how you feel about... I, I, know, I think this might be Texas A&M country. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe. I'm sorry if you are. Go Tigers. Um, but... but Nick Saban just retired as, as the coach of Alabama, and, and no one can deny how great he was. And, and this is what he said. I, I listened to a, a former player of his on an interview that Nick Saban would say this every practice to his team. He said, we don't practice until we get it right. We practice until we can't get it wrong. That's habit formation. There's a reason why you're winning so much. It's not because you're just out there and you're the most talented. You don't, you're not just the best singer or the best musician or the best speaker or the best serve team member or, or the best group leader. It's because every day you wake up and you say, I'm going to take a step. It's going to be a habit formation that's driven towards the purpose of God. I'm not going to do it just till we make it right. I'm going to do it until we can never get it wrong. That's a way to secure our future. These things they come from repetition and practice. You can't just take days off. If, if, if you had a ball of string and you had taken 30 minutes to wind it up and then dropped it, that string just going to go all across. You lose the progress you made, right? That's the same thing if we miss a day of prayer. Just because we ended 21 days of prayer doesn't mean we need to wait till the next 21 days of prayer called in order to start praying again. It's a habit. We, we need to make it a daily part of our lives because if not, at some point down the road, we're going to lose what we gained in 21 days. I, I can lose 15 pounds in three weeks. I really can. But then I see a bag of peanut M&Ms and I can lose it. I can, everything I've, I, I've, I've progressed towards, it goes away in a matter of two or three days. It's habit. It's daily. It's daily. Jesus told us to pray in this manner, give us our daily bread, not our weekly bread, not our monthly bread, but our daily bread. <coughs> My habits have to be purpose-driven. Successful people are just normal people who decided that they were going to stick with it. That's all. So there's a, there's a couple of habits that, and again, there's a lot, but for the sake of time, there's, there's a couple of purpose-driven habits that I think that we could all maybe, maybe pursue, as Paul did when he said, every step, every step I run with a purpose. Number one is the habit of being in community. Now, in all sincerity, I had no idea that your pastor was going to talk about groups before I spoke today. I didn't know that. I sent my notes in on Thursday night, so I had no way of knowing. But the habit 
of being in community. Hebrews chapter 10 says that we can't neglect our meeting together, as is the habit of some, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I'm not going to get into an argument with you or debate about, with you about, do I have to go to church to get to heaven? Because I get tired of making everything about heaven and hell. They're real places. But I, I don't want to live my life from a perspective of, is it a heaven, a heaven issue or a hell issue? I want to know, is it a God issue? Like, what can I do to get closer to God? And, and here's the thing. When, when you make, a, make it a habit of being in community, your life's going to be better because life is better when you're not alone. And, and I know that some people can say, oh, I don't like to be around people. Everybody here has a need for community. Even the people who sit in their rooms and never talk to anybody all day and they play video games, there is a sense of, I need my video gaming community. Uh, they, 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 they need, maybe it's their social media community. Everybody has the need for community. And I will tell you this, that when you make it a habit of being involved and getting plugged into the local body of Christ, you're going to find your future is filled with greater purpose. You're going to find that your future is filled with a lot more laughter than tears. You're going to find that your future is full of a lot more fun memories than a bunch of memories of dread and sorrow. There's nothing like the body of Christ. It's not perfect, but it sure is good. And when I'm struggling, when I'm down, it's what I need to be a part of. And I've always found it intriguing, like, the, 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 local, the local body of Christ is always good for weddings and funerals. But what about the in-between? It's always good for babies and, 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 and the end of life. But it needs to be good for every single day. I, I don't need to have my community just for an hour and 25 minutes on a Sunday morning. I need to have community every day of the week. And we're all going to find community somewhere. So why not in the body of believers. Not, why not with our brothers and sisters in Christ? Let's make it a habit of being in community. And I think the most, I think maybe the most important habit, and I think that if I would have given myself two hours to speak, I probably would have spoken an hour and 30 minutes on this one thing, but I don't have that much time left. But I think the habit of my firsts maybe the most singular important habit I can form. The habit of my firsts. What do I do with my firsts? What do I do with my first response when something goes wrong? What do I do with my first day of the week? What do I do with my first hour of the day? What do I do with the first fruits of my life with my, my income? What do I do with the firsts of my life? I will tell you, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, to seek you first the kingdom. And then there's a lot of things added, but see, that's a difficult process for some of us. We're, we're, we're really good at a lot of times seeking him one and a half. Maybe second. Like it's really high. It's a high priority. But the habit of my firsts are so vitally important. I've got some boxes back here. And let's just say that this big box, I don't know if everybody, I'll try to get it up here close. This big box 
that represents my relationship with Jesus. And this box here represents my career and my finances. And this box here represents my family. And this box here represents my my activities and what I want to do and how I want to be. And this is a lot of times what I see people do. And if I'm honest with myself, I've probably been guilty of doing this. I wake up and, well, I got to put my family first today. They got needs. And then I got my, there's some, there's some things I want to do. And then, and then I, got to make money to take care of things, and all of a sudden, this is kind of wobbly. But I, Jesus is important. He's a part of my life. He's one of the main corners of my life, so i got to make sure I add him, and so I get him up here, and now nothing is stable. Like, I could knock this over. See how that's, I'm having to hold it, because my habits of firsts are out of a line, and we wonder why Life isn't always secure. Like, a lot of times we want to put our things first. Then we'll put maybe our career second, and then we'll put, we'll put Jesus there third, and then we'll put our family. It doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter what order you put them in. If he's not first, it's never going to be secure. If he's not the center of all that I do, it's never going to be secure. Now, because I'm doing it the right way, I'm making sure that Jesus is the thing that starts my day and he ends my day. And he's the most important thing in my life. I can walk away from it. It's not going to fall. It's more secure. And you know what? Here's the thing. This is the thing I want you to really notice. Because storms of life happen. Things happen that cause life to be wobbly and messed up. So there is a possibility of that thing getting knocked down. But as long as Jesus is first, no matter what happens, he's always going to be right there. I don't have to turn around and go try and start all over and say, God, I'm sorry I walked away. Let me, because sometimes that's what we do. But if our habit of first says he's going to be first, it's really easy to just build right back again because he's right there. And I don't have to start over. And my life can be rebuilt so much faster. It's the habit of firsts that are so important in our lives. There's no way that I can, there's no way that I can predict to you what's going to happen in your tomorrow. I can tell you this. There's going to be some mountains to climb. There's going to be some valleys to go through. There's going to be some really good days. There's going to be some not-so-good days. There's just going to be some stuff happen. There's going to be things that make you really happy, and unfortunately... There's going to be things that make you sad. There's going to be days that you cry. I can't predict what's going to happen in your future. But I can tell you that when my values align with His Spirit, 
And that when my habits are formed with a purpose of reaching an eternal prize, when I put him first in everything in my life, there is a predictable future that I can have. And it's found in Romans chapter 8. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. I close with this. Leave that verse up just for a second. So many of us quote this verse and we stop with those who love God. But there's two parts here. And are called according to his purpose. I've got to have values aligned with his purpose. I've got to have habits formed with his purpose. And then no matter what happens in my life, no matter what I go through, my future is predictable in that my life is in his hands. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I can let the Lord fight my battles. That where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. I don't know what's going to happen, but I can tell you how it's going to end. You're going to end up on the winning side because you've got some forces in your life that are helping you and they're not hurting you. They're growing you, not diminishing you. And that's what we want with God and our lives in Him. Amen? Let's stand together. They're going to lead us out and worship here in a minute. And the pastor's going to come back up. And whatever he wants to say, he's going to say, I just want to close out in prayer. Maybe you're struggling with your habits. I want to pray that our habits are right. Maybe you're struggling with values. Maybe you've never even considered giving your life to Jesus. And it's time to. I want to pray for you this morning. Lord. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your presence. I thank you, Lord, for your word. And your promises are so amazing. Your, what you will do for us and what you will give to us and how you will help us, Lord, there's nothing like it. So, Lord, I'm just asking you all across this building for every person here. I don't care where they're at in their walk with you. It doesn't matter if they've never started or they've been with you for 70 years. Lord, that you would help all of us wherever we're at on that spectrum and our position with you that we would help our values to become aligned with your spirit. That we would develop habits that have a a purpose for obtaining things from you and not from this world, Lord. Lord, that my habits of my first will become paramount in my life because that will shape everything else. And when I do that, Lord, I know that I will win. And everyone here is going to win no matter what our future is. It's secure in you. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.